The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Hey, and welcome to the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. Another great show straight ahead as we welcome in in just a few minutes our special guest, Colleen Francis. We're going to talk about nonstop sales. So if you have a sales interest, you want to make sure you stick around. It's going to be a great show. A lot of things coming down the line, and uh, I'm excited to welcome Miles Austin back in to the X's and O's segment later in the show as well. He was out last week. Uh, doing his civic duty. He was doing jury duty up there in Washington, but he's back and we're going to start a series, a series on video. I'm really excited about that because so much of what is going on online, in fact, some of the things we'll probably talk to Colleen about, uh, social media and content marketing and all of the things that we use as attraction in business, whether you're in sales or if you own a business, a department head, whatever the case may be, a lot of it is going to video. And so Miles is going to break it down for us. We'll talk a lot about that. I'm Kelly Riggs. I am your host for the show. BizLockerRoom.com is where you can find us. Make sure you check us out. Past shows, you can listen to the podcast. You can do that at iTunes and Stitcher as well, by the way. Encourage you to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Listen to it in the car. Some of the guests that we have on, absolutely astounding. This is the show where we create compelling conversations that lead to useful content that you can use in your business today. And I can assure you that today is going to be one of those fantastic shows. Colleen Francis is going to be our guest. And she's uh, she's very, very well known. She's a distinguished uh, certified sales professional. She lives in Canada, past president of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. She is a member of the Canadian Speakers Hall of Fame. So she's uh, she's been around a block a time or two. More importantly, she's written a couple of books. We're going to discuss one of those today. Nonstop Sales Boom, Powerful Strategies to Drive Consistent Growth Year After Year. She's written other books as well, and uh, she has uh, quite a collection, quite an impressive list of clients. Merck, Abbott, Merrill Lynch, Royal Bank of Canada, many, many more leading organizations that use her when they look to turn their uh, sales dial upward. Colleen, great to have you in the show. Thanks for joining us in the locker room. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure to be here. Well, it's exciting times for you. Brand new book out. Your last book was uh, very successful as well. Why uh, Why a second book? What drove you to write this one? Well, I noticed a trend um, with my own consulting clients. And it was funny how it, it came about because it was when I was making my own sales calls for my own business. And I noticed that 
clients would say to me, hey, Colleen, we don't need any sales consulting. We're having the best year yet, or we're having the best quarter yet. And so we'd talk about that, and they'd um, go away, do their thing. And then I'd get a call back a month later, and they'd say, Colleen, we have no idea what's happened. The bottom has fallen out of our business. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it happens the first time, and you think it's a fluke. The second time, you think that's kind of a coincidence. The third time, um, I jumped on the trend and thought, what is going on here? And I started to investigate not just my clients, but other companies. And what I found is that so many companies don't understand why they're booming, um, so they can't replicate it. And they're doing things that then artificially create a sales bust. So, of course, the first pushback that I got was, well, it's just seasonal, right? It's December, right. no one buys in December, or it's the summer, everyone's on vacation, or it's the economy, you know, 2008. Sure. But what's fascinating is in 2008, I had clients who were in the same market, same geographic market and same um, industry selling the same products. And some of them were booming and busting all over the place. They had high months, low months, and some were continuing, continuing to grow their sales regardless of what the economy was doing. So that's when I realized that the busts were completely self-inflicted. And when you recognized what they were and what caused them, you could eliminate them from your business and create consistent sales results um, reporting period after reporting period. Well, you raised such a good point because so many people are absolutely convinced that if sales are down and the economy is down, those two things must absolutely go together. And yet, unless you've got massive market share, even in a declining economy, there's still a lot of business being done out there. Oh, yeah. In every downturn, you know, if you just look at the recent downturns, you know, uh, 2008, 2001, uh, you know, whatever, whatever one you want to point at, in every one of those um, economic downturns, there were businesses doing exceptionally well and businesses that were suffering in the same markets. So, you know, when half of the auto industry was crashing, uh, the other half was actually having record sales. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so why is that? What are they doing? You can't always say it's a superior product. You can't always say it's better marketing or more dollars being spent, but it is very deliberate. That's for sure. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, one of the things that when I was a, a salesperson in the field and then a sales manager and then a sales executive, ultimately wound up what I'm doing today. One of the things that I always found is that uh, the really great companies and the really great salespeople really forge ahead when the economy tends to turn downward, or at least uh, if it's perceived that way, they're out there making huge strides against their competition because they just refuse to accept the premise. Yeah, and what they're doing is they're really looking at their client engagement in a, in a completely different way than the rest of uh, the, sale, the sales reps. I find that those sales reps that suffer these booms and busts, um, whether, again, the bust is, you know, they think it's from the economy or whether it's um, just, you know, month, <laughs> a high month and then a low month and then a high month, um, those sales reps are too singularly focused. And typically they focus on closing. You know, the sales manager is pushing close, 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 close. And so that last week of the month, the last week of the quarter, all they do is close business. And they focus so singularly on, on draining their pipeline that when the, next, um, the first day of the next quarter rolls around, they have no leads in the pipeline. And so they bust for two months because all they're doing is prospecting. And then they're filling their pipelines back up again. And then they push because, A, they haven't had a close in two months, and, B, they're under pressure. And so you cr- they created this cycle because they're not – you could call it multitasking, but they're not looking for opportunities all around them all the time. They're only doing one part of the sales process at one time. 
Colleen, salespeople, sales managers, and business owners listening to this, their red flags just went up in unison. Uh, you know, you, you've just really nailed something that I think perhaps a lot of people underestimate dramatically. And that is that you, 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 I mean, this was intriguing when I read it in your book and when, when I just heard you say it, that we, we impose, we self-impose these boom-bust cycles. And you're exactly right. I've had many clients in the exact same boat. In fact, I recall one particular insurance agency that said, you know, our biggest challenge is we don't do any business in the first quarter because we're too busy doing renewals and, and everything in the fourth quarter to get the year wrapped up and get people resubscribed. And so we have an absolute bust cycle in, in the first quarter for the same reasons you've described. They're doing all of those activities. They're not doing the activities mm -hmm. that lead to more business generation. Yeah, so guess who is doing business in the first quarter? Their competition. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Somebody's doing it, right? Well, yeah, otherwise everyone would be going out of business. <laughs> Absolutely right. Colleen Francis is my guest. Hey, you can find her online. I encourage you to look at her website. It is fantastic. EngageSelling.com, and you can follow Colleen on Twitter, at Engage. Colleen, you 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 have sort of made your brand, if you will. You talk a lot about this idea of engagement. A lot of that came from the previous book. Let's let's spend a, a few minutes there. Talk about the idea of customer engagement and how salespeople influence that whole process. Well, customer engagement, I look at it as a holistic model. So we created what I call sales radar. Um, yes, because what I want people to do is if you think about what a radar system does, it alerts you of opportunities and challenges all around you. You know, if you go one level deeper to sonar, even above and below you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and salespeople need to be attuned to the fact that their clients can be in any four of these four states at once. They can be in attraction mode where they're net new, you know, just exploring you, you're qualifying them. They can be in participation mode where they're actively, you know, buying and utilizing onboarding your product. They can be in growth mode, where we're actively selling them more products and services, or they can be in leverage mode, which is where we're using them to get more business. Um, but I was using this example the other day. Um, people can, it, it's not a linear process. So you and I could be engaged in a discussion, and I haven't even started to use your product. I don't even know if I have a need for your product, but I'm so in love with your product that I can be leveraged because I can refer you business right away. Sure. A simple example. But if a salesperson is only looking at this as a linear track, I have to get Colleen using the product and then I'll ask her for referrals, they, they miss out on huge amounts of opportunity to create new customers in the marketplace. Yeah, no doubt about it. And of course, I think most uh, sales trainers and coaches are, are very much uh, driven by methodology. They're driven by sales process. And yet, you, we can really get locked into this idea that everything is linear. I have to do this before I do this yeah. before I do this. Well, clearly, some things have to come first. So many salespeople want to jump right into presentations before they've done anything right. to prepare. But getting locked into that uh, that linear idea can can really limit the potential of any salesperson. Well, because salespeople these days have to be fluid in that they have to look at how the customer is going to buy. So I, I've, I've been trying to change the... The, the vernacular here and stop, instead of calling it a sales process, let's call it facilitating a buying process. Okay. Because, you know, everybody, everybody buys in a different way and has different needs. And yes, you're right. You have to meet someone and qualify them before you can give them a presentation and a proposal. But, um, you know, if a client is ready to jump ahead and start referring you to business, or if um, they want to go faster or slower, you have to be able to adapt to that. 
Um, if they come to you because they found you online and they've done a whole bunch of pre-qualification and have done some research about who you are and have accurate information around that, then we have to be smart and savvy enough to use that to our advantage and not take a step back and say, whoa, step three says I show you my, co- you know, my company presentation. <laughs> right, right. That, that, that deck, you know, we've got to get the slide deck in the whole yeah, process. holy moly. <laughs> well, you and I need to start a new organization that where we change the vernacular of salespeople. One of, one of my pet peeves is I want to quit calling them sales calls. I want to start calling them value creation calls. Oh, because that's a good one. Yeah, sales calls indicates or seems to uh, imply that we're going to come in and force something upon you. What I want to do is create value and see if you're interested. Then we can kind of figure out where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, th- that uh, I always contend that our role as salespeople um, at every step of the interaction is to improve the client's condition. They have to be yes. better off after you leave that meeting or that office. In other words, they have to get value from you. And if, if they're not, then you're eroding the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Colleen Francis is our guest, and I'm excited to have her on because we're going to talk about her brand new book, Nonstop Sales Boom, and you've heard her refer to it and sort of allude to some of the pieces and parts that are in there. It's subtitled, Powerful Strategies to Drive Consistent Growth Year After Year. I suspect if you're a sales manager or a salesperson, perhaps you own your own business, you're going to be interested in sticking around. We're going to take our first time out. We'll come back on the other side and we'll ask Colleen more about the book. In particular, we'll talk about how social media has impacted the attraction side of sales and how you can use it right and how you can be using it wrong. I'm Kelly Riggs. Uh, we'll be right back after this time out. This is the Business Locker Room. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. Great shows coming down the way, by the way. Uh, more sales uh, information, more sales content gener- content generation, lead generation, that kind of thing. Townsend Wardlaw will be my guest. May not be a name that you're intimately familiar with, but I will promise you when we're done, you're going to add him to your must-read, must-listen list. This is a guy who is ridiculously smart. 
and uh, we're going to talk to him uh, next week as we get into uh, more ideas about sales and how to be successful. Two weeks from today, I'll have Stephen Gaffney joining me, and uh, he is one of the leading communication experts in the business space. I can't wait to talk to him. In fact, Stephen and I have uh, been sort of kicking around the idea of a regular sort of segment for him to be involved in. I just love his stuff. Absolutely love it. So you'll want to stick around. You can find information about those shows, our past shows, listen to some podcasts as well at our website, bizlockerroom.com. We continue our conversation with Colleen Francis, as I mentioned, wrote the book, Nonstop Sales Boom. And Colleen, you've got a lot of great stuff in the book. Let's start with this. I know that you're process driven. We talked a little bit about that before the break, but give me an idea. How has the process, the sales process changed over the course of your career, specifically as you write this new book? So I think the easiest way to describe it is that in the business world, especially, what we're seeing is the consumerization of the sales process. So if you think about how we make decisions as consumers, we go online, we research, we gather all our data, you know, we look for the best deals, the, the reviews, we go to TripAdvisor if we're going away, we go to, you know, whatever websites are in the industry, we gather all sure. this information, and then we go shopping for a solution. Well, those kinds of buying techniques are now happening in the business-to-business world. So business, you know, CIOs, CFOs, whoever it is you're selling to are going online. They're um, scouring the forums. They're doing their research to find out what technology they want, what banking solution. They're asking their friends. They're asking their neighbors. They're asking their colleagues. And then they're picking and choosing the companies that they want to buy from or that they want to entertain. So it used to be that our buyers, as salespeople, our buyers didn't know who we were until we picked up the phone and made a call. Nowadays, we don't know who our prospects, our buyers are going to be until they reach out to us. So that front end of the um, sales process has really changed a lot. Of course, it doesn't mean that as sellers we have to stop cold calling or stop doing outreach. It just means it's now one of many things we have to do. And um, the best salespeople and those that really create a steady state of leads are not just those who do the outbound proactive um, sales approaches, but they're those who curate content or publish content and get it out there. So one of my favorite expressions these days is I've been telling organizations, you got to get rid of this hunter-farmer mentality that has been pervasive for how long? I don't know, you know, long before my time. And think about your salespeople instead as magnets. <laughs> you know, we've got to get salespeople out there who are good at attracting people to us. One of the things that I hear, I, I've read a lot, uh, uh, you know, online, and you have people come up with this idea, Colleen, that, you know, really social media, the Internet, and all the digital age has really rendered salespeople obsolete. And and clearly, I, I think that's not only wrong, I think it's intensely backwards. I think that we need salespeople more and more because the overload of information, although people are smarter in a lot of ways, they're also confronted with an enormous amount of choices that they need some help wading through that. Would, oh, yeah. would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And let's face it, not everything that our clients are gathering online is accurate, right? And so they need help wading through that information. Um, keep in mind, it's not that as salespeople, what I don't want to imply is that we sit around, we push all sorts of content out there, we sit around at our desks and wait for the phone to call. What we need, phone to ring, sorry, what we need yes. to do is push that content out there and then call our customers and have them go, oh, hey, Colleen, I see you everywhere. I guess I should talk to you. The worst thing these days is to make a phone call to someone and they say to, your, to you, who are you? What business are you? How come I've never heard of you before? 
Right. So what you're really doing is trying to, um, you know, get your... You have to bubble to the top, but what you want is for those calls that you're making or those emails or those trade shows that you're going to for people to stop by because they've heard about you somewhere else before. Yeah, in the book you talk about uh, ubiquitous prospecting and, of course, yeah. just meaning that, as you mentioned, you are everywhere. And, and it's much easier to be everywhere now. Uh, there's there's so many vehicles to get in front of a customer. It's oh. it's it's almost, um, well, it's just a gargantuan mistake if you're not, because someone is, clearly. Well, yeah, exactly. The key here is to really understand where your customers are at. So the biggest mistake that companies make is that they look at all of the, the content sites and they say, oh my gosh, we have to be on all of these. And so, for example, they decide to produce a huge amount of video and they put all this video on YouTube, which could be great for a lot of businesses, but they only sell to governments and governments still don't have you know, video chips in their computers or something like that. Sure, sure. <laughs> Not, you know, an extreme example, but one that I sure. know is true. So the key, you know, here's a more realistic example. A client of mine sold... You know, deep, deep, deep engineering products. You know, this the semiconductor chips that go on other semiconductors that go in other parts that go into defense contracting. So, like, really hardcore engineering. Well, they decided, because someone talked them into it, to create a Facebook page. Like, really? You know, I mean, the, the smartest of scientists buried into the deepest of research labs um, are not trolling Facebook for ideas. But they right. might be on the forums for scientific research. And so, you know, they spent all this money and got no return because their clients weren't there. Um, on the other hand, we have clients who just say, I hate Facebook. It's stupid. We're shutting it off for our, our, um, our sales reps, yet their customers are all on Facebook. <laughs> They're missing out a huge opportunity. So, you know, it's, um, it, it is unbelievable. I, I work a lot in the architects, engineers, contra contractor space, what's called the AEC market space. So many of the engineers and architects uh, being older or, you know, are not as, uh, they're not as comfortable, I guess, with social media. And many of them have this opinion, uh, especially those that are 50 plus, you know, that they're like, you know, social media, engineers don't care about that kind of thing. And yet U.S. Department of Labor is telling us by 2015, more than half the workspace is going to be the youngest generation. Yeah, this, the these are people... Yeah, they've grown up with this, and they're coming into this market space. My contention is, as, as you alluded to, more and more customers are finding us before they find we find them. And if we don't have some sort of digital presence, I have to believe that some, there's going to be some companies get behind the curve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the key here is it's, um, you have to go where your customers are at. And if you're blind at, you know, and so headstrong that you say, I don't like that technology, but your customers are using it, then um, you are missing out on a huge amount of business, and you will soon be obsolete. So, um, you know, it's no different than um, how technology has changed. You know, remember when my dad started, or sorry, when I started following my dad in sales when I was, you know, a wee little tyke, and he first got a beeper, not even a pager, right? He got a beeper. <laughs> he just beeped. And then he had to pull over and go to the, you know, payphone station and call the sure. office to say, why did you beat me? And then that became a pager, and then that became a, you know, some a car phone, right? Not even a cell phone, a car phone plugged in. Yeah, it was, but they called it that because it was the size of a car. Jeez, I had one, I recall. But, all, but if you think, you know, it's, I say this to um, 
uh, people, baby boomers, especially in sales now, I said, think about that. I mean, you went through this transition of being on the road and not being in contact to now having smartphones and laptops, and you made that transition, and look at how much better it is. Could you imagine selling without your cell phone now? So now we're just talking about another leap. You've made a massive transformation already. Why are you resisting this one? Yeah, no doubt about it. You talk about the nine keys to ubiquitous prospecting. Clearly, I don't think we have time to do all nine, but give us some hint. Uh, give, give us some idea of what those keys are. If I'm going to be everywhere, what, what are some of the things that I need to look at and be doing? Well, you really need to, first of all, as we've talked on one, be where your customers are. So that's right. really important. Um, and then, you know, I think we need to take a multimedia approach um, because we have to remember that everybody likes to consume information in different ways. So it's not you don't get rid of um, text for audio and video. You use audio, video, and text. You also have to remember that people are consuming this data on multiple devices. And so what you're putting out there has to be smartphone-friendly. It has to be PC or laptop-friendly, but it also has to be you know, iPad-friendly. Um, sure. Because people are going to be reading this on or offline um, on multiple types of devices at multiple times during the day. So that's really important. We kind of look at this, we divide things up by um, direct and indirect, and I think that's key. You have to use the direct sales approaches that we're used to, but also take a slightly more marketing approach as a seller and use some indirect lead generation techniques as well um, to draw people to you. So we're talking about networking in person and networking on, online as well. Colleen, how much have the lines between marketing and sales blurred with the advent of uh, the internet and social media? Are, are they still distinctive and different functions, or have, have they really grown together in some ways? And if so, how much? Well, you know, it's funny. I was at Dreamforce last week, and we were talking about this. So, so get this. I'm, I'm on site right now as I'm talking to working with a client. They're a $360 million manufacturing customer of mine. They have no marketing department. No marketing VP. They've grown to $360 million with no marketing function at all. Wow. That's <laughs> so pretty impressive. the team uh, essentially becomes the marketing department. Now, right. that, I think, is an anomaly. <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be happening almost. Sure. <laughs> the lines are blurred more than ever. Marketing is still important. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I think strong marketing departments are critical to organizations. But salespeople need to learn how to use the material that marketing is producing to also create their own success in the business. So take the marketing um, content, curate it yourself, and send it out to your prospects. But most importantly, salespeople have to be good marketers inside their current accounts in order to grow their accounts. So that's, maybe- Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because one of the chapters in your book is about becoming the expert salesperson, and you advocate that salespeople need to publish. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps that's where you're headed. Well, publish or curate if you can't, because I know yes. some, some of them are in highly regulated industries, so they can't just be writing about you know the financial state of the nation. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, but yeah, publishing is is critical. So publishing, um, you know, uh, blogs, forums, social media um, updates. We have clients who create special LinkedIn groups for each one of their customers, and they publish um, updates on projects and products internally to their clients but also publishing um, internally. So, for example, we notice that if you're going to grow an account from one department to the next, you have to share success stories because clients don't often talk internally. (laughs) Even though they might sit beside each other. So you have to take success stories and case studies from one division or department inside a current client 
and, you know, publish them essentially to the rest of the company to help build your case, uh, protect your client, but also grow that business. So I really think salespeople become more like marketers when they're in that growth and leverage state of client engagement, when they're learning how to get testimonials, do health checks, um, get user reviews, um, get referrals, and move across the organization. Not difficult to see why Colleen Francis is uh, one of the standouts in her field, one of the top five, recognized as one of the top five sales training organizations uh, in the industry. Clearly, you've, you've done a fantastic job. This book is great. Highly recommended, folks. Nonstop sales boom, powerful strategies to drive consistent growth year after year. And before I let you go, I, I recognize that you're allied and affiliated with Alan Weiss. Many people will recognize that name. They wrote the book Million Dollar Consulting and Million Dollar Speaking and some others. And you serve as a, a part of their private mentor roster. Yes, absolutely. T- t- tell me a little bit about that. So Alan Weiss is my business coach as well, um, and what I have done is um, become one of his master mentors. So if people want to be mentored by me, um, we follow his process um, specifically for consultants. That, you know, of course, I couple it with my sales um, expertise, and we engage with them over a six-month or one-year program. That's pretty impressive, and if people know the name and they know his background, they they recognize that for you to be a part of that really says a whole lot about your expertise and your reputation as well. Colleen, can't thank you enough. Great to have you here in the business locker room. Thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. I'm more than um, it was more than exciting to be here. <laughs> well, great, super fun. We will have we will have to do it again. We barely touched the book, folks. Yeah, it's now yeah, we we will do that. Engage selling.com. Make sure you follow Colleen on Twitter as well, at Engage Colleen. She has a blog. You can find it on the website. A lot of other things, but get a copy of the book. We're going to take a time out. We'll come back on the other side, and Mr. Miles Austin will join us. We'll uh, jump back into the X's and O's segment, and we're going to be talking about the ways to use video, the inexpensive ways that you can use it in a very powerful manner to impact your business. Stay with me. Kelly Riggs, this is the Business Locker Room. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. 
And great to have you back in the business locker room. Fantastic conversation with Colleen Francis. Again, let me make sure that you got that right. Engage Colleen is the Twitter handle for her and then her website, EngageSelling.com. I do highly recommend the book, and clearly she's got a lot of energy and doing very, very well. And also very much from Canada. I have clients in Canada, and you can always tell. they Instead of process, it's process and organization, but I love that. And she's just fantastic. Hey, we roll along. Miles Austin is back in the house. He was gone last week doing his civic duty for the state of Washington. Don't Don't know which county, but great to have you back with us in the locker room there, Mr. Austin. Great to be here. I would have much rather been here than there, I can assure you of that. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for doing your duty. This is uh, the X's and O's segment here in the Business Locker Room, brought to you, as always, by 4D Sales. And uh, both Miles and I, big, big fans of 4D Sales, a tablet-based sales tool that I would have loved to have had a long time ago, but, of course, uh, the technology was not available. It's for your iPad or your Windows 8 device. It enables you to put all of the material that you used to carry in your briefcase or that you would show in a variety of ways all in one very easy to access tool right there on that iPad you can just scroll through you can find your price list and your brochures slide decks live web page web pages videos all different kinds of things they're all readily available very very professional uh, for you to be able to put those together so you want to check them out 4dsales.com if you're a manager or a business owner, there are really some significant advantages to 4D sales as well because you can make sure every single person has all the update material updated, uh, the latest iteration of anything that you have out there, collateral material, brochures, any of those kinds of things. So make sure you check them out, 4dsales.com. Thanks to Brian Carpenter and the crew over there. Love their tool, Miles, and uh, I know we both use it. Absolutely. You got to use the tools that work, and theirs is one of those that works. Yeah, it makes it easy. I tell you what, uh, one click and you're emailing people things they need. Uh, one of my favorites. Well, we're going to get off and talk in about video. You and I have been talking about the different kinds of tools that, that you've introduced, and I know it's been a great education for me. And one of the big movements, uh, and, and this is not like it's happened in the last 30 days. It's been coming for quite a while, but like a lot of tools, Evernote comes to mind. You know, Evernote was one of those tools that first came out. Everybody went, wow, that was great, and then your experience was so many people had tried it but never done anything with it. Well, videos like that, too. I mean, YouTube's been around a long time. But people find out it's a little more difficult than they thought, and they kind of they kind of give up easily and uh, perhaps move along to a different platform. I'm sure that's been your uh, experience as well. Of course. I mean, it's like every other change. I don't care whether it's technology or just in our personal lives, Kelly. Change is always a challenge, and we'll resist it unless we're either forced to do it or we have some compelling driver to have us take that new initiative. Yeah, no, no question about it. Well, let's first talk about the premise. Why video, Miles? Why, why would we dedicate a series of shows to video? What, what kind of benefit is it going to have for the average business person out there? Well, you know, and, and it, it, everyone asked it because I think especially if you haven't tried it yet in your business applications, there's always people saying, well, I wonder well, what will it do for me? I don't care what business or industry you're in. The impacts are substantial. Let me give you a couple little facts that are just, they're out there, they're validated by some of the biggest research companies out there. 85% of visitors on a website are more likely to buy after watching a video than visitors who do not. 85%. 
I like those odds, right? <laughs> yeah, it's um, some good numbers. The, the marketing profession as a whole um, has said, as an industry, that 52% um, of those people say that video is the best return on investment for your marketing dollars. So it's important, right? Seven out of 10 people, Kelly, view brands in a more positive light after watching interesting video content, whether it's on YouTube or wherever it might be, including TV, it's a part of video, but people have a deeper level of confidence, they're more comfortable, they feel they know you better, and the likelihood of them engaging with you and taking action that you want them to take go way up when video is present. Wow, so a lot of people are getting interested, but at the same time, I can hear people going, yeah, that's great, but geez, I, I don't have 20, 25, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars to dedicate. I, I don't have the, the budget for all of the equipment and the people and the facilities and all of that. And yet that's exactly what we're going to talk about. You, you, you've been talking about the ability to create really high quality HD video for pennies on the dollar compared to even 10 or 15 years ago. No question. Kelly, here's what's amazing to me, and I know this because of my own research. Uh, it's been it's extensive to every person I ask about video. Do you know what the number one reason for not having success with video is? No. Not using it. <laughs> yeah. It's that oh, simple. It always helps, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but the bottom line is, uh, I mean, all those statistics I was sharing with you, and there's a whole lot more, they all, they, they get it, they understand it, and most of the time they'll say, you know what, you're right, it, it impacts me in the same way. But I don't have the knowledge, the money, the resources, the staff, or the equipment to make it happen. And, and what I smile is, is because you know I love technology, but here's what's happening. Everyone that's listening today, and if there's an exception, it is the extremely rare exception, has all the camera capability you need in your pocket or your purse right now. And I'm talking about, and I'm going to use the term iPhone, but it's a smartphone. It can be Android or whatever. Sure. But it is the capability to produce high-quality, high-def video from your phone, from your iPhone. Wow, and it just gets better and better, too. I know the, the, the iPhone 5 was a big step up quality-wise from the iPhone 4. Now the new i6, and you've got iPhone 6 Plus. I, again, a big in, increase in terms of capability. And I know the Android systems are the same way. It really has gotten to the point where creating high-definition high video really is, I hate to use the word, but it's really easy. It is, and I think that's what's happening is that people are starting to realize there is no longer an excuse. And if, if you're in a marketing function or even in a sales role and you're thinking, well, I, I'd love to do video and I, I get all that. I just don't have the resources. I don't have the time, the location, or the equipment. Those excuses are gone. And I would tell you going into 2015, if you're not using video in your sales and your marketing and your company communications, you are simply going to be left behind because it's that impactful and everyone is starting to use it. And a part of it is just based again on this capability that the, the barrier to entry for equipment is no longer there. Yeah, I no doubt about it. But let me be the devil's advocate. Let me be average listener out there. Hey, I'm listening to Riggs and Austin talk about video, but geez, 
I mean, what are they even talking about? Yeah, I can go around with my iPhone and take video, but why would my customers care? How in the world am I going to use video to do anything of really any substance? So what do they, they want me to film my products? Do they want me to take a picture of my, you know, my building? Or do they want to see videos of my people? I, I think not. I don't think people are interested in that kind of thing. What are we talking about, Miles? When we say video, big, big generalized bucket, what do we have in mind? Well, again, I'm going to approach this from the sales and marketing standpoint, right? One of the things that I don't think anyone disagrees with is the power and the impact of good customer testimonials. Would you agree? Absolutely. So think about this. I can put a recommendation, let's say a testimonial, on my LinkedIn profile. It's some written text, and it's someone's name and their title, and that's very effective. Most people would agree. Take that same activity, but instead of having someone read it, Put it on a little 30, 60-second video clip that you record from your iPhone in their office when they just said, Kelly, you've been so awesome. The results are spectacular. To simply ask them at that point without any prep or any pressure to say, would you mind if I do a quick 30-second recording of that on video to share with others? And so we talk about using testimonials from people in a, in a sort of an indirect way. I mean, is that, uh, is that too direct, Miles? I mean, you want me to put this up on my website and have people talk about how good we are. Is that, is that too much? Um, maybe for you it is. I would tell you for me and for most people out there, no way. You're seeing it more and more. Think about it. SlideShare, LinkedIn, um, yes. Twitter, your websites. Um, all of the uh, Instagram, um, it, it, it's out there, and video is incorporated in almost every platform. Yeah. So the, the point is, have it. If you choose not to use it, that's okay, but you've got it in your arsenal. And I'll just tell you, think about this. Go to LinkedIn or go to a website and, and watch a site and watch a testimonial from a customer in a video format and then read the you know, this company does a great job and I really like them. Uh, John Smith, XYZ Realty. Which one's going to have the impact? It's not even close. We, we respond and we react to visual content dramatically more uh, um, efficiently and more aggressively than we have ever done with audio or with print, with words, yeah. with text. Absolutely. And clearly, it's, it's much more effective because now I'm seeing body language. I'm hearing tonality. I'm getting a much greater communication message. And, and somebody who's very passionate about your product or service, that's going to come out much more effectively in video. And again, what you're saying is easy. We can do this very easy, low cost. You've got the main tool setting in your pocket right now. Absolutely. And I'll use another example from my background. Coming from technology, there were times when we had custom production capabilities or facilities set up to accommodate delivery of products and complete solutions to customers. The ability to talk to them about what we do that's so unique and different and the quality that we use and the, the systems that we use, uh, you know, has impact. I mean, I was able to get the message across but the ability to take them there in person was almost always a lockdown guaranteed sale. So the, the gap between those two is why not do the same thing but have it in a video and literally go pull that iPhone out and do a walking tour of your facility, of your production line, of your distribution capabilities. And, you know, we joke about it, but the fact is even to see – your team out in distribution that are packing the orders, the care that they take, the quality of what they do, 
in a video can be a very effective and a very personalized way to get the message across. No doubt about it. This is the X's No segment with Miles Austin. Make sure you find him online if you haven't already. Fillthefunnel.com. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. Guy writes a great blog, has tons of resources, things that are going to make your business far more effective. And of course, our, our good friends over at 4D Sales is the sponsors of the X and O segment. They love this part because we can take those videos, Miles. Once we once we have them all together, we can put them right into the 4D sales tool and make them extremely powerful. Hey, we're going to take our final time out. We're going to come back. And we're going to jump right in the middle of the how-to. We're not going to do it all this week, but we're going to create some resources for you online as well. But this is something you want to stick around for. We're going to show you how very easy it is to create high-quality video for your business. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is the Business Locker Room. We'll come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Back in the middle of the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. Again, fillthefunnel.com. We're talking video. Interesting thing, Miles, uh, when we talk about video. When when I released my latest book uh, about a year and a half ago in 2013, I wanted to put together a, a video to talk about it, to sort of introduce it, put it on my website and my YouTube channel to tell people about it. And uh, I was, well, I had a lot of anxiety about it. I thought it was going to be a lot of work, but I did it with an iPad. We're going to talk about iPhone. All of that can be extended to iPad clearly, but uh, I did it with an iPad and a couple of very simple tools, uh, did a minimum of editing, uploaded it right to YouTube, and um, it, it cost virtually nothing. Now, a lot of people are out there saying, yeah, but Kelly, it's not high quality. It's not It's not heavy on the bells and whistles. It doesn't have a trailer. It doesn't have all the fancy graphics. Absolutely true, but yet we're going to talk about some of those things as well, but that's not always necessary when we're talking about video. Absolutely not, Kelly, and I think the the key part there is, again, you've got to get into it and just get the video recorded. Sometimes many people would tell you that, that 
the worst thing you can do is try to overproduce these videos. People want a good, transparent, honest reflection of you and your message and your products and services. You bet. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is getting the video portion is the really difficult part. We can always graduate to uh, some simple editing and putting a wrapper around it to give you an open and a close. Those are the kinds of things that people can add. But again, it's not always necessary, folks. I mean, if you're talking about a video testimonial, it doesn't have to be that difficult. And the tools uh, are, are readily available. Let's, let's talk about tools a little bit, Miles. You've, you've used or, or mentioned that we can use an iPhone or a smartphone, uh, Android, whatever the case may be. How easy is it? Walk me through some of the basics. Sure. Well, let me give you a couple of the things just the kind of the gotchas to be aware of. First thing we always recommend is when you open up your iPhone, you're going to do a video, go to airplane mode and turn it on. And what that does, that turns off your phone, your all your med- message notifications and everything else. So there's no um, pop-ups and, and dings and dongs going off while you're recording. Right. The second thing is make sure you got some battery because there's nothing worse than getting halfway through a, a, a Oscar-winning testimonial, let's say, from a customer and then your battery dies. So just be aware of it. We recommend it as long as you're half, half full of battery or more, you should be fine. The other thing that I found very helpful is that you have an auto, you have a, a brightness setting on your phone. Um, and what you really we recommend you do is you'll go to that brightness setting, you'll turn off the auto brightness, and you'll move your brightness selector down to about three quarters full. Um, and the reason is because when you move it all the way up, you're getting some oversaturation, technical term, but you're, it's it's becoming too much, and it will it will make you adjust some things on your video that you really don't want to adjust. So. Without getting too technical, just set your auto brightness off and set the brightness level to about three quarters. The next thing to be aware of, and it's more and more common, um, go into your general settings and then touch or click on storage. You want to see how much space you have available in your phone. I don't know about you, Kelly, but when I bought my last iPhone uh, before my new iPhone 6, which I don't have yet, it's on the way in November, but... Um, I bought a 64 gig, and I thought, man, I'll never fill that up, right? It's a famous saying we always do. Sure. And I've I've come close to filling it up. So just check your storage because, remember, video is much bigger files. Just remember to turn off any alarms you might have. Um, and then really from there, the most important thing I can tell you from a technique standpoint is just always shoot video sideways in a landscape mode. It's the one thing I find more people making the mistake of because you usually hold your phone in a, in a portrait, in an up-and-down way, right? Yes. Remember to turn it sideways and just double-check so your finger's not hanging over the edge and into that, um, into that viewfinder. Yeah, I do. It's, it's funny you say that. Having had uh, quite a background in photography, you know, you always get better presentation slides, uh, you know, slideshows when you shoot in landscape. And when you turn into a portrait mode, now you've got an up-and-down slide in a in a screen that is landscape and presentation, you never get the detail, you never get the bigger slide. So you always want to turn it that way. And the experience I've had, Miles, is the other issue you have, of course, it's less of a problem now that you've got some of the stability uh, processes in, in these iPhones and these uh, the, the, the droids and so forth. But you, you have to focus on staying reasonably still because there's nothing more aggravating than looking at a piece of video that's you know, all over the place. Absolutely. And I know on an upcoming show, we're going to talk about some of the accessories. But yes, 
Um, I, if you looked in my bag, wherever I'm going, whether it's down the road for an afternoon meeting with a client or it's across the country for a convention, I always have two key pieces in there, even if I don't anticipate using video. Um, but the first one is a, a tripod. It's a little gorilla. We'll give you some links and things in future shows. Just a little one of those little flexible, bendable iPods that's in the bottom of my bag. Mm -hmm. And the next thing is whatever kind of amount that you need for a tripod. I have a specific brand. I've, I've probably got seven or eight of them in my drawer, and I've come up with one that just works consistently. It's high quality. You can beat it up, and it comes in two sizes now. It comes in the regular one for regular standard size iPhones and smartphones, and now they've got the Plus model so that you can even have it all the way up to the 6 Plus. And it just holds it nice and steady, but it gives you that little screw in the bottom, the hole in the bottom, to screw it into that either Gorilla Pod or any other standard iPod to keep it stable. Yeah, it's and you know that's interesting because we're beginning to already delineate between sort of levels of how you do this. You can literally take your iPhone out of your pocket and and hold it in two hands in a landscape fashion, and you can get pretty good video. Next level up, folks. You're going to buy some very inexpensive equipment, easily transported. If you're a sales guy and you're, you're carrying around a bag of some kind, a backpack or a, a computer bag, these are some simple tools that are going to fit in there. Now you can set this up, put your iPhone in it, and now you've got absolutely guaranteed stability. So there's just so many ways to go about this and making it easy. But some of those tips that you've pointed out uh, are, are really critical because, again, I, I have run into the memory problem. I have run into the alarm problem. I have, yeah, you know, I've run into all of those issues. And just thinking about that, again, I think you make a great point, Miles. You're going to get some great footage, and suddenly, it's you're going to have to do it over. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll use an example for me, Kelly. I'm a very visual learner, but I love to take notes. And what I found is when I have that iPod in my bag and my little um, my mount. I literally set up my iPhone off to the edge of the conference table, or if I'm at a conference, I'll set it right on the table, aim it up at the speaker, and literally I can hit record, and I can focus on and listen to the presentation, and I'm getting a good quality audio and video recording of the entire presentation. It really is effective, and now I can go back at my own leisure. I don't have to wait for the conference sponsor. I don't have to wait for someone else maybe that was taking notes in the meeting. I can now have a complete capture of that meeting because I was able to pop out my little iPod, pop in my mount, pop in my iPhone, hit go, and now I've got a great recording of that entire meeting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Folks, uh, in future shows and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to bring you a lot of tools, a lot of ideas that you can use, show you how you can get high-quality video, transfer it into your computer, get it on YouTube, get it up and working for you, and it just doesn't cost a lot of money. It's it's just doing it. It's and I was telling Miles at the break, it's very much like Evernote. I had Evernote a few years ago, never used it. Now I'm a big fan, use it all the time. It just comes down to having some focus on those things. Don't forget, by the way, after you shoot a video on your iPhone, you can download it on your computer, you can erase it off your iPhone, free up more of that memory so that you can shoot more video in the future. Good stuff, Miles. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Look forward to the next show. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we'll have a resource page, a lot of places where you can go and collect the necessary things that you need in order to create the kind of video that is going to move the dial on your business. If you're a salesperson, sales manager, own a business, or you're running some sales department and you need exposure, this is a great way to do it. And it should not create the kind of problems 
that you've had in the past. That's going to do it for our final uh, final aspect, final segment, rather, final part of the X's and O's segment. Many thanks to, uh, to Brian Carpenter and the crew over at 40 Sales. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, Brandy Jackson, our, who is our executive producer. And uh, on the other side of the glass, Kevin Gassman making it sound good. That's going to do it for today. We'll see you next time on the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.